Welcome to the morning community of Northridge Vineyard. Our deepest desire is that you will encounter Jesus as you listen in to our morning gathering. If you'd like to find out more about us, check out our website, northridge.org.au forward slash mornings. Well, good morning, folks. It's uh, great to be with you all uh, this morning. I hope that you and your household um, are going okay. Um, I know that um, it's tricky times at the moment and um, it's been really interesting doing this series um, on reconciliation uh, across the whole church. You know, often um, when we plan things, uh, we don't always know what's coming up in life and um, we're always just so grateful to the Lord that he um, brings the right things at the right time. And, you know, it just feels like there's a lot of uh, division at the moment and uh, people sitting on opposite sides. Um, and there is a real challenge, I think, for us as a church um, to be those people who... Um, can hold the space and can love and respect and e- and honour each other, uh, whatever side we're on. Um, and to do that well, um, it's not an easy <laughs> thing to do. Um, but I think as a church, that is something that we can offer um, that's, that's different to the world. Um, We're going to, as I said, continue this uh, series on reconciliation and this morning we're going to be looking at chapter 4 and it's one that's probably familiar to um, a lot of people and has often been used in a different context uh, to teach and this this morning I just want to look at it from a just a slightly different perspective. Um, So uh, why don't you just pray with me Uh, before we open up God's word. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the God of reconciliation. We thank you, Lord, that you hold all things together in your hands. And Father, I pray now as we open your word and as we seek the scriptures for your wisdom at this time, Father, would you uh, lead us, guide us? Would you... Remind us of who you are. Open our hearts to hear your voice. And Lord, I pray that you would lead and guide my words. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you'd like to grab uh, your Bibles, we're going to look at Colossians chapter 3, verses 18 to 4, verses 1. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. Husbands, Love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything, and and do it not only when their eyes are on you to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. 
Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs, and there is no favoritism. Masters, provide your slaves with what is right and fair, because you know that you also have a master in heaven. Now, often these uh, verses are used to um, speak into you know, marriages um, and families um, in that way, and, and rightly so, because that's what Paul is talking about specifically. But uh, this morning, I just wanted to take a step back. Um, you know, I think sometimes we get caught up in the details of these passages. Um, you know, we have an amazing ability to these days to be able to dig deep into scripture and to find all sorts of references and, you know, one click of a button, you can um, find dictionaries and commentaries from all over the place. And I think that's wonderful and helps us get a real depth and richness from scripture. But it's also good to sort of take a, a step back and look at the broader picture of what is going on here as well. So Paul is talking into a very different culture. I think sometimes when we read uh, these passages, we look at it through the lens of our own culture. Um, and sometimes we can then get hung up on maybe uh, some of the things um, that maybe Paul wasn't quite trying to say. The culture that Paul was, look, was talking into was a culture that was very patriarchal. Um, it was very much a culture that was headed by the man in the house, the husband of the household. They really had say in everything. And it was almost like um, there was a sense of ownership that a man had on his slaves, on his wife and on his children. When we read this through our cultural lens, equality is something that we have been working towards. But when Paul was writing this letter, equality was not something that they were seeing in the culture. If you had authority over someone, you owned them, they were your possession and you could do whatever you wanted to do. And nobody could tell you how to treat your wives or your children or your slaves, those in your household. And it was very much about the, who had the power and who had the leadership. And so Paul is, is directly addressing this. He's directly addressing this imbalance. And he's speaking to a new way, completely countercultural to what is accepted in that time. And he's, he is bringing and offering this new kingdom that Jesus has ushered in. It's interesting how very practical Paul is. He doesn't come in and try to sort of destroy the whole culture. But what he does do is he comes in and he highlights dynamics and he speaks into um, the nuances in this culture. And he talks about how they can be turned and how they can be reframed to reflect Jesus more. You know, we all have people that we lead, um, whether it's officially or unofficially, we all lead some people and we all um, 
have other people who lead us. Paul recognises in this passage that there is a vulnerability to being led, that the dynamics of a relationship can be imbalanced or unbalanced. And so as we read this passage, it's really interesting because he is very strong with those in leadership. He's very clear in his, in his instruction to those in leadership. And with those who are under leadership, he seems to be very gracious and he, his instruction is more gentle. I don't know if you picked it up um, as we read through the passage, but there's a couple of things that really, really struck me. One is, is that every time Paul talks to wives, children or slaves, he completely frames it in, uh, with, with the phrase, as to the Lord, as it is pleasing, to, as it pleases the Lord, in reverent fear of the Lord. And so as he speaks to those who are under leadership, he is, frames it around Jesus and centers it on Jesus and reminds those that as we um, are being led, that we frame how we respond to leadership around Jesus. Now, please don't hear me say that he's not saying that for those in leadership. But I think what Paul is trying to say to those in leadership is here are some really clear, strict instructions. Um, and I think previously when we've read these verses, we have seemed to interpret it that the clear, strict instructions are for those being led and not so much for those who are leading. But Paul is very clear in this passage. To husbands, you have to love your wives. Do not be harsh to them. Not once in the husbands, fathers or masters does he say as to the Lord. And I don't think, like I said, he's saying that you shouldn't be doing it in honouring of the Lord. But he recognises that there is a responsibility that um, when you have leadership over someone, that you have to not be harsh, to love them um, and to recognise that you have a master in heaven as well. It seems, as you look at this passage as a whole, that there are a few themes that come out. Paul talks quite a bit about um, surrendering and surrender. He also talks a lot about equality and fairness. And then, and then um, obedience is the other one that comes up. I think one of the things that Paul is trying to remind us of is that it is very countercultural to be surrendering, sacrificial, to bring fairness and equality and even obedience. All these things at this time were a very countercultural thing to ask. And yet Paul is encouraging people in this context, in this culture, to remember these things. They're interesting because the word for love he uses 
in this context when he says husbands love your wives is the agape God sacrificial love not the um, eros love and so there is something much bigger a way of relating to each other a way that a household runs where there is care and respect and honor towards each other um, that far surpasses any roles that culture might have given them. I don't know about you, but this, this week has been a, um, a hard week. Um, unsurprisingly, as we're doing this uh, series on reconciliation and I'm speaking um, on the topic, you know, it's been a big part of my week. Um, I've had to apologize to a friend for hurting them um, and I've had to share with a friend that I've felt hurt. And the resounding thing that I've come away with this week as I have been thinking about this and reflecting on this morning is that is the reminder that we have to fight for relationships. That things don't just work themselves out that if we are truly going to be one united body of Christ, that actually we're going to have to fight to not be divided and fight to love each other and honor each other. You know, we're human and it just doesn't come naturally, often to us. You see, the Jesus culture that we bring into this world is not just about ourselves, but it's about him and it's about others. Doesn't mean we all have to believe the same things. And in fact, I think that's where we've gone wrong in the past is that we have thought that unity and oneness looks like um, being, uh, believing exactly the same things. Obviously there are some important things that we all believe around Jesus but we don't all have to think in exactly the same way. But we do have to fight for unity and for forgiveness and reconciliation. They don't come e easy and the journey towards them is quite confronting. I think as I was reminded this week in my own journey that there was a choice many times down the, that I had to make to push in and to press in. We have a tendency in our culture to run away from pain and run away from uncomfortable and I think there's a season here that Jesus is wanting us to lean in to that and as Eric reminded us last week there is an enemy who is prowling around waiting to devour us and wanting to separate and dislocate us from Jesus and from each other So as I come to an end and as we close this series off, let's think about this call to be culture changers. The ones who bring the culture of Jesus, of love, of reconciliation, of peace, forgiveness, patience, listening to each other. To a world that is desperately, desperately looking for that and needing that. But let's also remember that we are not fighting each other, but we are fighting a bigger enemy. And I was just reminded of that passage. You know, it's interesting in Ephesians where Paul does the same um, 
passage where he talks to wives and um, husbands and uh, fathers and children and masters and slaves, he actually directly after that, he um, then talks about the armor of God. And I thought that was really interesting because I think that's Paul recognizing that we, that this is going to be hard, that this is not going to be an easy journey. And we need to remember who our enemy is. And so as, as we end today, I'd love us just to take an opportunity to reflect on the armor of God. So why don't you close your eyes and let me read this passage over all of us. And as we read it, let's ask the Lord to remind us of who the battle is against. Let's ask the Lord to equip us with all that he has for us. And let's ask the Lord to help us to do that together as his body. So Ephesians 6 verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For your struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. So that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt buckle, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And so as we go into our week this week, my prayer is that we would be looking to the Lord, that we would equip ourselves and armor ourselves for the battles that we are facing right now, and that we would see our enemy for who he is. Hmm. Well, we're just going to take some time just to wait and to um, pray and then allow the Lord just to speak to us. Um, there may be some things that he's been putting on your heart as Bonnie was sharing um, or maybe some other things that come up so let's just take a moment just to wait on him Holy Spirit we thank you that you are speaking to us now Lord that you are just nudging our hearts and we come and we open ourselves up to you we want to hear your voice thank you Lord
I just got a sense that for some of you that over this, it's actually been over, particularly over the last few weeks as you've been listening to maybe some of the talks that we've been doing as part of the series, that mm. God's been just gently inviting you into a journey of reconciliation. Um, maybe there's someone you know that you perhaps haven't spoken to for a while, um, that you, you need to touch in with, you need to re-establish that relationship or um, yeah, there's, there's a conversation, maybe a hard conversation that you need to have um, that the Lord is calling you to, to be brave in. Um, mm-hmm. And we'd love to pray for you. If, if that's you, you know that that's you. Um, we'd love mm-hmm. to just ask the Lord to give you strength for that um, and to fill you with boldness um, by his Holy Spirit. So Lord, that's what we ask mm-hmm. this morning. We ask that you would um, meet those folk in that place today, mm-hmm. that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit that you would um, bring them your boldness and your courage. Mm. And Lord, that you would restore relationships. That's our heart, Lord, that you Mm. would bring reconciliation, Mm. that you would um, break down walls that that divide us. Mm. And we know that, Lord, that starts with us taking that first step. So we ask for that strength to do that today. Mm. Thank Mm. you, Lord Jesus. I just also had, um, you know, a lot of the images that we've had through worship, which are beautiful, of sweeping fields that just seem mm. to go on and on and on and on, or even the ocean that just goes on and on mm. and on and on and on. And I just, you know, just really felt the Lord um, remind me that His love is never ending in that mm. way. It just goes on and on and on and on. And so even if we feel like we've had to revisit something a hundred times mm. or a thousand times, or even like we feel like we're going back to the Lord with the same thing a hundred or a thousand times. His love and his patience and um, his heart for us just goes on and on and on and on and it's never ending. Um, so I just felt like if you feel like, oh, maybe you've got to the end of God's patience or you've got to the end of God's love or um, that actually there's, there's more, there's an unending amount mm. still to come. Um, actually similar to that I just I had a sense this morning as we were praying um, that the Lord was wanting to speak to us as a church um, and really just an invitation uh, in this I don't know whether it's the weeks ahead or whether it's just in the season where we're mm-hmm. at right now um, but I was just reflecting on Songs of Solomon in chapter 2 um, where the beloved says um, arise my darling my beautiful one come with me and he says, the season of singing has come. Um, and, that, and there's this beautiful picture of, of beauty and joy and fruitfulness um, kind of waiting for us. Um, and I really just felt like as the beloved, uh, we as the church, we need to be rising up. Not in uh, violence, not in a battling kind of sense, but in a, in, in a love and an expectation um sense so yeah that's i think as we finish this morning we just want to pray for ourselves as a church as and and for the broader church that we would respond to the beloved's call uh into i guess a deeper love and a deeper intimacy that has that kind of brings reconciliation as a fruit so lord we thank you that your heart for us is always um inviting Mm. always inviting us into the deeper things of you Mm. and into the deep love of christ Mm. 
So this morning, Lord, as a, as a community, Lord, as a church, we want to say yes to you. Yes to the deep love. Lord, give us the courage to swim deep yes. and to dive deep. And Lord, we ask today that whatever that looks like for us in the weeks and months ahead, Lord, that we would know you in that way deeper. Mm -hmm. And we ask for the spring to come, even as it's coming around us. We ask for just fruitfulness and the joy of your Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Lord, that you would make your church beautiful again. Yes. Lord, that's our deep cry. So today, Lord, we give this um, to your hands, mm. ourselves and ourselves as a community. And we ask that you would have your way. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Mm.